Um, okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sisterly History, the not-so-serious history podcast hosted by two sisters on a quest for knowledge. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> I didn't have my paper ready. <laughs> I was, like, panicking. <laughs> it's the same thing I say. <laughs> You're, like, talking. I'm like, shit! <laughs> All you have to say is your name. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do you want to do it again or just say your name? I'm Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if you finished. (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) We are the sisters. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh. (laughs) Ow, fuck. That's Nicole and I'm Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) we're back okay we're back obviously we've taken one week off and we've lost all of our shit i don't know i was kind of on top of it um yeah i don't know what the fuck you were doing um yeah we are back from our short hiatus that we took in order to celebrate nicole's um like golden Double golden birthday? Is that what you called it? Double golden birthday, yeah. It was also Tanner's um, 75th birthday. Um, <laughs> when, in fact, do you think I will get peace. my shit together? When? Because <laughs> like, if it's not 33, I don't know when it's going to be. I mean, I feel like 56-year-olds are thinking the same thing, probably. Um, uh, You have your shit together. Okay. Okay. I mean, from okay. an outside perspective, it might not feel like it, but it sure looks like it. Your clothes are always clean. That's you true. You also hang dry all of your shirts. I did not know that about you. I had to borrow Please. one of Nicole's shirts because we went to the beach um, to see her new house and to visit her for her birthday. And for some fucking reason, I only packed three shirts like a a pajama tank top that's only suitable for <laughs> nighttime because you can see my like major side boob in it and like one white t-shirt and then like a sweater like a long sleeve sweater that's all i packed for like 3 days 3 whole days it's just not oh. enough so anyway i had to borrow one of Nicole's shirts and they were all like slightly damp and just smelled really fresh just yeah like- they always smell like laundry detergent because nothing's like tumbled it off yeah i just didn't know that you'd hang dry all your shirts what if you really desperately want to wear one hmm. i don't know that very seems recent like it seems like about. a very adult thing to do like when something <laughs> when so, a label says like hand wash only i'm like well i'm just gonna give it a go in the washing machine and see what happens if it falls apart then that's like it's only because i don't want my eight dollar shirts from old navy to ever have pills on them oh (laughs) i just hate the pilliness on like a t-shirt i'm like that looks old yeah not that i thought it was because you didn't want them to shrink but anyway this t-shirt conversation is boring me (laughs) all right i'm bored with you (laughs) um speaking of birthdays i got Fan mail. Oh, I'm calling it fan mail. It's, it's a, birthday a birthday card, but it's like this little book that says "Back in the Day," and it's like 
1986, my birth year. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was a book. I, I thought it was a card. No, and it has like all this like. So cool. It has like all these facts about 1986. Like, here's one. Where'd it go? Russell, Russell, Russell paper, Russell. paper, paper, paper. Uh, Raisin Bran. Did you know that in 1986, Kellogg's ends tours of its breakfast cereal plant for fears corporate spies will steal its secrets. Oh, my God. Get (laughs) real. (laughs) Nobody gives a shit. We need that Raisin Bran. Teachers got paid $26,569. Oh, I feel like they still get paid that. I know. I'm like, I feel like that hasn't gone up very much. And God (laughs) bless the teachers. Gas was 93 cents a gallon. It's amazing. So salaries have not gone up, but all of the rest of this has. <laughs> hmm. Fun. <laughs> um, anyway, it says, Nicole, happy 33rd birthday. I thought this card was fitting since you do have a history podcast after all. Hope it's a great year. Sisterly history listener, Kayla. I don't want to say her last name. Thanks, Please. Kayla. So nice. I feel like Kayla's our number one listener. Oh, thanks. Um. All right. Well, happy birthday. Let's stop talking about it. I'm just kidding. It's still my birthday for the rest of the month. As long as Mercury's in retrograde, it's my birthday. I don't know what that means, but the other day I was I like, know. some planet is out of alignment <laughs> because fuck this. I was like, I better start my period or something. I could be totally wrong, but I think it means when the planet's like closer than the sun, so it appears like it's moving backwards, but really it's not. It just like seems, mm-hmm. looks like it is. I'm actually super so. interested in that. Um, but I just don't have time to research it because I have to watch Instagram stories all day. So, Because mm-hmm. then how would you know what the rambling redhead was doing? I know. Or if you were learning about astrology. Or what the sister studio's new couch looks like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Um, so if you guys missed our episode last week go back and listen to it but also um we switch things up just a little bit we're doing some shorter stories um more condensed version of sisterly history and we also added a game um it's even less serious yeah because we were like you know we're like right on the border of serious and not so serious and that's just not how i roll you either go all in or you get the fuck out. And so we're going all in with the not so serious shit. <laughs> we're we're going all in and also getting the fuck out at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> uh, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Get the fact out. Ooh, nice segue. Ooh, good one. Uh, speaking of get the fact out, our new game is called Don't Fact With Me. And it's basically um, a guessing game. So it's like two truths and a lie, if you guys have ever played that. Um, One sister reads three facts to the other, two of which will be true facts. I got it right this week. Yeah, Nicole fucked it up last time. Two of them are true. She did two lies because, I mean, she's just, until she loses her life. I'm a fat liar. Yep. Lie, lie, lie. Um, So then the other sister must determine which fact is a facting lie. I think I went first last time. Last mm-hmm. time. So I think it's your t- 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 turn to go first. Okay. You go. Okay. I went to I, I say okay all day long. <laughs> I say when I'm doing things, okay. 
moving on. Okay. I don't feel like I've noticed that about you, but now I'm never going to not notice it. So thanks. Okay. Okay. Hold Jackie, on. don't fact with me. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to take a drink of my coffee. I fucking laugh. Okay. Okay. Numero uno. On the first day of spring, the sunrise and sunset are about 12 hours apart everywhere on Earth. Okay. Number two. We've used the word spring for the season since the 16th century. Okay. And number three. The earliest known use of the term spring cleaning was in 1957. Okay. I think the facting lie is... Wait, what was the first one again? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Lord, help me. Uh, <laughs> on the first day of spring, the sunrise and sunset are about 12 hours apart everywhere on Earth. I think the second one's a facting lie. <laughs> King Kong. <laughs> okay, was it the first one? Okay, no. Oh, well, all right. Then I would have got The first really- one? Was true. The word equinox comes from the Latin words equal night. Uh, On the equinox, the length of the day and night is nearly equal in all parts of the world. That's I didn't know that. I didn't didn't know know that either. So that happens twice a year. Um, So we've used the word spring for the season since the 16th century. That is also true. Before spring was called spring, it was called Lent. Oh. Starting in the 14th century, that time of year was called springing time, a reference to plants springing from the ground. Hmm. In the 15th century, this got shortened to springtime, and then further shortened in the 16th century to just spring. Interesting. Okay, and then the earliest known use of the term spring cleaning was actually in 1857, but I couldn't really figure out, like, when that's like specific story of that but i thought this was kind of interesting uh the origin of spring cleaning can be traced back to the jews cleaning their houses thoroughly before the springtime memorial feast of passover oh um and catholic churches clean the altar and everything linked to it the on monday thursday <laughs> oh <laughs> monday thursday whatever the hell that means monday thursday uh, the day before Good Friday. So obviously that's a Thursday. <laughs> uh, in the springtime. Uh, in Greece and other similar Orthodox nations, houses are thoroughly cleaned just before or during the first week of the Great Lent. That's yeah, so fascinating. Me and Nicole arguing about spring earlier yesterday because she kept insisting that it was spring and I was like, it's not fucking spring. And, in fact, we were both right, sort yeah, of. Yeah, it's weird. I have that little article. It was like, okay, astronomically speaking, the first day of spring is marked by the spring equinox, which falls on March 19th, 20th, or 21st every year. Um, and then meteorologically, if that's how you pronounce that, <laughs> it sounded speaking, right. <laughs> The official first day of spring is March 1st, and the last is May 31st. Weather scientists divide the year into quarters to make it easier to compare seasonal seasonal and monthly statistics. Hmm. So, I was meteorologically right. And I was astronomically <laughs> right. Was that right? 
<laughs> that sounds greater. Astro- <laughs> I was astronomically correct. <laughs> um, okay, so so my facts uh, for Don't Fact With Me kind of go introduce our theme for this week, um, which is sisterly mystery. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Both of our stories are about missing people. Um, so on Instagram, I asked the folks their favorite TV the detectives. Historians? The historians. I asked the historians their favorite TV detectives in a little poll um, in our stories. And I have the results of that. And it's so funny because me and Nicole literally voted opposite on every single <laughs> one. On every single one. Half of them, I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Okay, so I don't watch enough TV apparently. So the first one be- uh, was between Dana Scully from X Files and Olivia Benson from Law and Order, and Nicole picked uh, Dana. Uh, yeah, Nicole Scully. picked Dana Scully, <laughs> <laughs> and I picked Olivia Benson. And fifty-two percent agreed with Nicole, and they voted Scully. Um, I win. Yep, you win. There's no prizes for That's this. That's more this mystery. What? Law and order is not mystery. Yeah, but she's a detective. So she solves oh. she solves the case. She's like an actual detective. Okay. Between Jessica Fletcher from Murder She Wrote and Veronica Mars, I voted for Murder She Wrote and Nicole voted for Veronica Mars. Um How would you vote against the bell? Because I've never <laughs> seen Veronica Mars. I just love Kristen. That's Bell. what I've Tanner said too. He's like, uh, well, that's my girlfriend, so I'm like, whatever. So um, it was close, but 52% voted for Jessica Fletcher. Get a girl. Old school. Get a girl. Murder, she wrote. From what? Murder, she wrote. Yeah. Never seen either of those shows, actually. So. Um. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one was between Agent Cooper from Twin Peaks and Elliot Stabler from SVU. Nicole didn't vote, and I voted for Stabler. Because <laughs> I don't know <laughs> either of those two. <laughs> You've never watched SVU? Probably. It's pretty good. Not um, enough. So 80% of people agreed with me and 20% agreed <laughs> with Nicole's not voting. So, um, sh- The next one was Sherlock, uh, particularly portrayed by Benedict Cumberbatch. And Benedict Cumberbatch. And Mulder from X-Files. And Tanner was really mad because he's like, well... They're different. They're so different. He wanted to go on and on about how different they are. And I'm like, I know, but you just had to pick one. But like, they both have penises. So they're the same. <laughs> um, That's why you put them together. Uh, Nicole voted for Mulder and I voted Sherlock. And again, it was a close one, but 52% voted for Mulder. X-Files? Mom just used to watch X-Files. That's the only reason I've ever seen it. Um, the last one was Jessica Jones or Deborah Morgan from Dexter. Nicole voted Jessica Jones and I voted for Deb. And 52, nope, 58% of people agreed with Nicole and preferred Jessica Jones. Which okay. I, I watched that show one time, too dark, also couldn't watch Dexter. So I should have <laughs> no business voting. <laughs> I have to watch like gilmore girls and friends not like anything scary i really so that's why i've never seen any of those shows i really like um dexter but i will say that deb like really got on my nerves for like three seasons 
So my three facts, bringing it back to the game, um, have to do with one of the TV detectives. Do you want to guess who it is? Well, I've never seen any of those except <laughs> X-Files, so I hope it's X-Files. Okay, well, it was a TV detective, but he didn't start out that way. It's Sherlock Holmes. Um, oh. So, number one. He's a book detective. Yeah. So, number one, the fictional detective Sherlock Holmes is a character created by American writer Arthur Conan Doyle. Number two, Sherlock Holmes never said, elementary, my dear Watson. Number three, Guinness World Records has listed Holmes as the most portrayed movie character with, with more than 70 actors playing the part in over 200 films. Just like Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, number one is false. What? How do you know that? Because I know that he... The only thing I know about him is that a woman created him. Well, that's not true, but it is false. Oh. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a, a lady. No. Um, it was a man, but he was not American. He was Scottish, and his name is Arthur Conan Doyle. You might be thinking of the subject of my story, but I won't get to that yet. So Sherlock Holmes never said elementary, my dear Watson, which is like his like knew that. trademark phrase um he said my dear watson a bunch and said elementary a bunch but he never said the combination of the two and yeah he is he's been portrayed in 200 films that's the craziest thing i've ever heard in my life apparently the author they asked him it was like one of the tv shows in like the 50s um and they asked him can we marry Sherlock? Like, get him married? And the author was like, marry him, kill him. I don't care. Like, he really was like, do whatever you want with him. And they really have. They've, like, done whatever. So, all right. Well, you got one right, but sort of wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who I'm thinking of. You might um, be thinking author. of Agatha Christie, who is... I am! You are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so i don't know anything about her except didn't she make up didn't she write like mysteries or something she did yeah she um i'm gonna tell you the story i know half things <laughs> um i'm gonna tell you <laughs> the curious disappearance of agatha christie oh um so dame agatha mary clarissa miller was an English author born September 15th, 1890 in Devon, England, and is best known for the 66 detective novels and 14 collections of short stories written under her married name, Christie. Uh, one of the best known titles is Murder on the Orient Express, uh, which oh, I... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I just started it <laughs> on Audible like two days ago, and it is, it is so good. It's the best book I've listened to on Audible like hands when down was it written um like the 30s i think but she um the writing is like it's done so well um the characters are like really interesting and um 
but it's voiced by so many different actors. Like every character has a different actor. There's sound effects. You can hear like the train whistles and doors closing. Oh, weird. It is so good. I get so sucked into it. I'm like, how did I get to work? I'm just like driving, like <laughs> lost in this I've blacked out. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I'm like, highly, am I on the Orient Express? <laughs> I highly recommend it. And I'm honestly, I'm going to read all 66 of her books because I like, I'm so obsessed with them. They're kind of light murder books if that's a thing like there's not it's not like gory she doesn't describe the murder really in detail it, anyway so oh then i want no part of it no i feel like you'd like them. <laughs> i need gore no, they're I'm like kidding. classic um whodunit kind of thing um okay I so like i like murder um i just like murder <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Agatha Christie was born into a wealthy upper middle class family and before marrying her first husband Archibald Christie and starting a family of her own in London she had served in a Devon hospital during World War One, tending to troops coming back from the trenches uh, so it was during this time in World War One, at the encouragement of her older sister Margaret who herself was a writer and was often published in Vanity Fair that Agatha wrote her first of many detective novels, The Mysterious Affair at Styles, which was published in 1920. Do you want to go to Agatha and Archibald's for dinner, honey? <laughs> I hear she's making a nice roast. What was that accent? That was an awful accent. I don't know. Um, fast forward a little bit. By 1926, she had experienced success with her writing. Her sixth novel, The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, was selling well, and she was already a household name. She began to see the fruits of her labor and was able to move her family into a stylish new home in Berkshire. However, despite her success, Christie kept a tight rein on the family finances, insisting on a careful, modest lifestyle. This caused tension in her marriage to Archie. Um, well, that and he was also having an affair with his 25-year-old secretary. Named Fucking Nan Archibald. <laughs> uh, her name was Nancy Neal. Um, in late 1926, Archie asked Agatha for a divorce. On the evening of Friday, December 3rd, 1926, the couple had quarreled and Archie left the home for a weekend away with his mistress in Surrey. You dog. That same evening, shortly after 9.30 p.m., Agatha Christie got up from her armchair and climbed the stairs of her Berkshire home. She kissed her sleeping daughter, Rosalind, age seven, goodnight, and made her way back downstairs again. Then she climbed into her car and drove off into the chilly night. She would not be seen again for 11 days. Dun, dun, dun. Was her daughter alone? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Like, maybe they had, like, a housekeeper or a yeah. dog. <laughs> a nanny dog? The next morning, a search was initiated when she didn't come home, and her disappearance soon made front-page news. Immediately, it sparked a nationwide hunt that included more than 1,000 policemen, uh, along with hundreds of civilian volunteers, and for the first time, search airplanes. Uh, her car was found the next morning abandoned on a steep slope with the headlights still on, partly submerged in bushes, at Newlands Corner near Guildford. Oh, good info. <laughs> it did not appear <laughs> that she had been involved in an accident. 
So it kind of sounds like maybe she just like parked it there to like make it look and like covered it in the bushes. I don't know. <laughs> She's like, I'll just gently drive it into these bushes. <laughs> And then I'm going to walk. She's like, easy does it. Some of her clothes and personal papers were found inside the vehicle, but there were no clues as to where she went. Close to the location of the car was a natural spring known as the Silent Pool, where two young children were reputed to have died. Oh. Uh, Some journalists ventured to suggest that the novelist had deliberately drowned herself. Uh, The lake was dredged, but they found no body. Nobody. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's nobody. <laughs> nobody or nobody. <laughs> I ain't got nobody. Nobody. Yeah, nobody. And nobody. Okay. Do- Just ahead. <laughs> what? <laughs> they didn't find a body. Just ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was the story and I just left that detail out <laughs> they're like, like nobody still knows what happened to her her like, head was well, there by the way well head <laughs> just throw it back no this is her because she had arms and legs <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> Oh my god, I can't breathe. Okay. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes was like elementary. <laughs> um, okay, so due to her minor celebrity, the pressure was on police to find Christy ASAP. The home secretary even begged famous British mystery writers, Dorothy Sayers and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Remember him? Mm-hmm. To help them find Christy by using their vast knowledge in the mystery and detective field. I guess Arthur Conan Doyle enlisted the help of a clairvoyant to find Agatha, and he used one of her gloves as a guide, but she didn't help them find her, so. Hmm, I wonder why. Um, Some said the incident was nothing more than a publicity (laughs) stunt, which actually, that'd be a pretty good one. You're like, look, uh, I'm trying to promote this mystery novel. Look, I'm trying to turn my minor celebrity into major celebrity. So if we could just (laughs) talk about me some more. Um, Others hinted at a far more sinister turn of events. There were rumors that she had been murdered by her husband. Archibald! (laughs) It was Archibald in the drawing room of the candlestick. (laughs) Um, Both Archie and Christy, his mistress. No? I'm sorry. (laughs) That's his last name. No. Archibald and himself, who is now his mistress. <laughs> was it Linda? No. Lisa? <laughs> Nancy. Nancy. <laughs> Linda, Nancy, whatever. Okay. Uh, there were rumors that she had been murdered by her husband. And both Archie Christie and his mistress, Nancy Neal, were under suspicion <laughs> by police. Ten days after her disappearance, the head waiter at the Hydropathic Hotel in Yorkshire, which is a horrible name for a hotel. I don't know. It just, like, doesn't sound relaxing at all. It's weird. Um, 
So the head waiter contacted police with the startling news that a lively and outgoing South African guest he spotted dancing in the ballroom by the name of Teresa Neal may actually be the missing writer in disguise. Um, so she used her husband's girlfriend's last name. Weird. Um, so in a dramatic unmasking, Archie traveled with the police to Yorkshire and took a seat in the corner of the hotel's dining room from where he watched his estranged wife walk in, take her place at another table and begin reading a newspaper, which had her own disappearance on the front page news. When approached, she was when approached Just sitting somewhere reading about herself. Yeah, she's like, "Look at me go up and disappearing, pretending I'm That's a South African." Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> when approached by her husband, witnesses noted a general air of puzzlement and little recognition for the man to whom she had been married for nearly twelve years. Yeah, well, he's a cheating fucking asshole. So I'd be like, "I don't know you." She allegedly had zero recollection of the circumstances <laughs> that got her to the hotel in the first place. Police were forced to piece the timeline together themselves. They think she crashed her car, boarded a train with very little luggage, and reserved a room at the hotel. Well, duh. No, she just wanted a <laughs> fucking... She was like, look, I can't deal. I gotta get out of here for like a week. I mean, leaving your kid and is I'm like someone else. super irresponsible, but... I don't know, like maybe that or maybe it was a publicity stunt, but that's a long time. I don't know. Maybe she had a nanny and she was like, it'll be fine. Yeah, maybe the nanny was like, Look, in moms on deserve it. a vacation too. Yeah. <laughs> Even if we leave in the middle of night and a crash our car one. in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> and our daughter thinks we're dead. <laughs> and there's a thousand policemen <laughs> looking for me. <laughs> Literally. Vacay. Um, <laughs> some historians believe that she went into a, a psychogenet, nope, psychogenic amnesia mm-hmm. in which one's memories are completely destroyed for days and sometimes years due to a traumatic depression. Um, so her mom had died earlier in the year and then her husband asked for a divorce. So I don't doubt that she was probably depressed, but... I think you're right. She probably just was like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, I don't know that she suffered amnesia. She's like, look, I don't see the problem, guys. But also, if she claims she suffered amnesia, then fine. So that's the curious disappearance of Agatha Christie. Little weirdo, just running away. (laughs) I like Agatha. What's your story all about? Hmm? Hmm? Is it a real is it a real sisterly mystery? My story is about Lawrence Bader. Don't worry, the sisters are on the case. He's a masturbator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean probably. <laughs> probably. Isn't okay. everyone? Okay, go. In nineteen fifty seven, Lawrence Bader, an amateur archer and professional cookware salesman. <laughs> oh. See what I did there? Amateur archer, but professional cookware salesman. I feel salesman. like maybe he should pursue his passion. Like, I'm sure archery is his passion. Take a chance, man. Yeah. He took a chance on his boat out on Lake Erie, even though there was a severe storm warning. Uh, I picture it at night, like some creepy, like lightning movie sequence, and he's like pushing his boat out. To probably not at night. It was probably during the day. But what was he doing? I don't know. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) 
but his boat was found the next day damaged and missing an oar with no Lawrence in sight. Rescuers searched the lake but never found him, so obviously they declared him dead. Uh, (laughs) He left... He left behind a but pregnant wife nobody. and three children. Nobody, just a head. <laughs> so stupid. Okay. 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 His wife and three kids received forty thousand dollars in insurance money, which in nineteen fifties was probably a lot of money. Yeah. As soon as you say insurance money, I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm. Eight years later, a family friend was in Chicago. Uh, where he saw a man who looked an awful lot like Lawrence. Uh, This doppelganger was named John Fritz Johnson. John Johnson? That's like not a creative name at all. Anyways, John Fritz Johnson was a well-known TV personality in Omaha, Nebraska. Some of his notable endeavors (laughs) include announcing pro wrestling matches and winning 13 Archery titles. Oh, dink. Uh, Fritz Johnny Johnson insisted he was not Lawrence Bader. He claimed to be raised in an orphanage and then served 14 years in the Navy before moving to Omaha, marrying his wife and having two kids with her and becoming a local celebrity. He did agree to do a fingerprint test, though, uh, to get everyone the back the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Look, get off my fucking back. I'm just a local celebrity. But to uh, Johnny Johnson's surprise, his fingerprints were exact match to Lawrence Bader. Naturally, his current wife divorced him. He lost his TV job and everyone thought he was a giant lying turd. <laughs> well, he is. He just up and left his pregnant wife in Michigan. Or wait, where was he to begin with? Uh, somewhere by Lake Erie. Was Michigan, that Ohio? probably. I don't know. His aliveness caused issues with all that insurance money, too. Of course. Oh, no. Uh, but John Johnson, Fritz, maintained that he had no memory of his past life, that he had amnesia plus false memories mm. of his time as an orphan and a sailor. Who knows the truth for sure? I mean, why the frick would he do a fingerprint test if he knew he was lying? But... People do that all the time. They're like, come in. Yeah, I'll come talk to the police. Like, I'll take a lie detector. Yeah. Uh, he was in a lot of financial trouble at the time of his fake death. Uh, he was in a lot of debt and in trouble with the IRS for not paying taxes for years. Uh, maybe he didn't want to be a cookware salesman anymore. Maybe he didn't want his boring ass wife and his boring ass kids. <laughs> maybe he wanted to be a <laughs> celebrity in Omaha, Nebraska. I mean, he did go into Lake Erie in the middle of the night. Freaking lightning. I made that part up. I don't know <laughs> what time of day it was. It sounds good. <laughs> His family believes something was wrong with him, which either way, there's obviously something wrong with him. Like, he either had amnesia or he's a narcissistic fathead liar. I think he's just a, like a deadbeat dad who was like, oh, well, I can't pay my bills here. Like, when yeah, people I'll fake their over. death. Yeah. Uh, he died of liver cancer before anyone found out the truth. But at least he lived two whole full lives first. Yeah, that's what they'd say at his Good job. funeral if anyone came. <laughs> they'd be like, he lived two happy lives. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my tiny, tiny story. <laughs> what a jerk. I highly doubt he had amnesia. 
Maybe he like got hit in the head with one of the oars. He's like, I'm Johnny Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) He washes up on the other shore. He's like, you know, I am Johnny Fritz Johnson. (laughs) I'm a local TV celebrity. All right. Well, should we wrap it up? Wrap it up. I like this. I like this sisterly mystery, and I think we should do more of them because it's fun. I like mysteries. I like mysteries, but not murder. So I probably will never do a murder. I already did one, didn't I? No. I talked about the Romanovs. Oh, they were murdered. Oh, yeah, they were. Um, have I ever done a murder? <laughs> I can't remember. Who are we and what are we doing? <laughs> I have amnesia. <laughs> um, all right. Well, if you've enjoyed this sisterly mystery, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on social media and we also have some merch available. We have stickers, t-shirts, totes. Goats. Um, no goats, but just totes. Um, you can also write to us. We want to hear your family history, so you can send it to sisterlyhistory at gmail.com. Yeah, we want to do another listener mail episode soon. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's enough of this. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.